Okay, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. We're coming to you this afternoon. It's a beautiful day in Vancouver, BC here. We're going to do a great wrap-up of the weekend sports, as always, with uh, our great analyst, Jason Cameron, coming to us. Uh, He's not wearing a Russian shirt today, it doesn't look like, so uh, we'll welcome him in to uh, chat about a great weekend of sports. Uh, This is a guy that's celebrating one of the longest birthdays in the history of man. He's still celebrated this weekend that's three weekends in a row the guy's still at it uh are you coming to us sober or are you three weeks <laughs> three weeks inebriated and still at it no no that that was that was the last one that was the last one okay. it was a good time friends treated me well it was nice. it was fun. it was fun. nice yeah that's uh crazy that uh, just kept coming on and on and on uh, friends from all over just say let's celebrate this it's not like a, a big numbered one, is it? Uh, it's no. somewhere in the middle of something, right? It's just, no. that's it's, just it's a, it, it just happened that way. It, okay. It's just the middle. It's all it is. It's just the middle one. But uh, again, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Nice. Well, I had a great weekend too. Uh, a lot of fun, um, especially the uh, NCAA tournament starting to uh, culminate in some champions. I actually watched uh, women's basketball first time in quite a while. Uh, the uh, NCAA women's tournament has sort of a little bit upstaged the men in certain regards. Uh, this girl, Caitlin Clark, has just been uh, such a media darling, uh, scoring 40 points uh, back-to-back games, getting the first 40-point triple-double in NCAA tournament history, uh, taking her Iowa Hawkeyes farther than she ever had. Uh, uh, Being able to beat out South Carolina, who was undefeated all season, take uh, them all the way to the final. Their final championship game was yesterday, and LSU were the champs. Um, A lot of controversy there where uh, their star, Angel Reese, kind of started giving it back to Caitlin Thompson, giving her the, do you see me now, and pointing to her ring finger. Uh, all, all, all at the as the game was culminating, she kept pointing to her ring finger. Yeah, how do you like me now? How do you like me now? And, uh, a lot of trash talking that has got a lot of people talking uh, about this tournament, about this game, and about this girl. Uh, she got up on the podium after and said, "No apologies. Uh, you guys have said I'm too hood. I'm too ghetto. I'm not, uh, you know, the girl that you guys wanna." cheer for and represent but i'm doing it for all the girls that look like me that come from places like me and i'm not apologizing for doing that and uh it was pretty uh pretty crazy it really has got a ton of media spotlight uh more than i ever remember before for the women's tournament wow wow that you know what though i'm gonna say good for her good for her for standing up for this is who i am you don't like it i don't care don't care. Yeah. This is who actually, this is who I am. And I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that like, you know, that's, I guess in a certain respect, that's her demonstrating her warrior spirit. You know what I mean? So yeah. she's not backing down and uh, she's, she's not being apologetic for her actions. She's being genuine about her actions. I was at first when I saw it happening on the court, I was a little bit pissed off. I was thinking like, <laughs> what is she doing? Come on, just be a, you know, a humble winner, just be happy. 
you know, Iowa had an incredible run and Caitlin was the, the player of the tournament, in my opinion. And, yeah. uh, you know, she just uh, re- was really giving it to her. And then I saw that actually Caitlin had done it to other teams earlier in the tournament. And uh, I I wasn't aware of that. I hadn't really heard about that part of it. And so I'm like, okay, well, she gave it. She's got to learn how to take it back. And uh, you know, she didn't she didn't like it. Others didn't like it. Then she shouldn't have done the same thing. So uh, I I I I changed my opinion. And I thought all's fair in love and war. And uh, you know, she gave it back. Uh, I think at first people were trying to say that. They weren't giving it too bad to Caitlin because she's white and they were giving it to Angel Reese pretty bad because she's black. And I, it could be the possibility of that, but um, yeah, I, I didn't know that Caitlin had done that. So yeah, it's, it made me think, okay, Angel, good for you. You guys beat them. You know, she had done that probably pissed you off when you saw that. So just gave it right back to her. Yeah. All spare and love and war is what they say. And uh yeah, well, like I said, good for her and a, and a great win for LSU, obviously. Yeah, first championship. Uh, their coach went there um, off of uh, very much success in her career. Second year taking over this LSU team, uh, took them to their first title ever. And um, Angel Reese got the most outstanding player. She got 15 points, 10 rebounds, and five assists. And she set a record with 34 double-doubles this year. Um, there's only two games all season. She didn't get a double double, so uh, incredible. Um, four of five LSU's starters were transfers this year, so they uh, did a really amazing job with their scouting department. Uh, started scouring the nation on who they wanted to uh, bring in, and uh, ended up assembling a national championship team. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty impressive to to get the team together like that through the transfer portal system, which obviously definitely works for some universities. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, uh, we're only hours away from the men's national championship. Uh, it'll be the number four UConn Huskies against the number five San Diego State Aztecs. Uh, a lot of people thought UConn would be there through the season. Uh, they were number one, I believe, in the nation earlier in the year. They hit a rough patch where they lost six of eight, and so they went down the rankings. They came into the tournament in their bracket number four overall. Nobody expected San Diego State to go this far. The Aztecs have really just ridden five st- starting seniors to this championship, uh, have really just upset everybody that they've faced, and uh, has. it's been a really incredible run. Their defense has been phenomenal. And uh, that buzzer-beating shot by Lamont Butler the other night, uh, wow, that was uh, something to see. One of those moments you'll always remember uh, for a a, a single shining moment in NCAA. And one of the reasons why this tournament is so fun that it can come down to leaving a guy's hand with 0.6 of a second to go going through the year, all zeros hit the clock, it goes through the hoop, and and they win the the uh, right to go to the championship. It was a pretty epic game, pretty pretty incredible game, and one of those, yeah, like I say, a moment that I won't forget. Yeah, the Butler did it. The Butler did it, and <laughs> I I I I was just amazed. I was amazed with the fact that Florida Atlantic actually had that game. Yeah, they, they should have. Yeah, and I, I thought for sure they had that game, but then all of a sudden, San Diego State didn't quit on themselves. 
They just kept battling, kept battling, kept battling, and relying on that defense they relied on throughout the entirety of the tournament. Came up for him big when they needed to stop. They got the stop. Yeah. And then LeBron Butler did what he did. Said, I've got this coach. Don't bother call no timeout. I've already got the play. It's me. I'm calling me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He uh, he was confident and that was incredible. I I did not expect uh them to to win like that. I thought they would drive towards the hoop. He'd either get a layup or get fouled and go to the line. Uh they were only down by one, and I just did not expect that you'd see a jump shot, a mid-range jump shot. Uh, that's not something that we see too often in basketball anymore. And yeah. uh, I think it surprised and shocked everybody. Uh, the celebration was huge. Where I was watching it, the place just erupted. The, the fans were cheering. Everybody just seemed to be dialed in at that moment. And uh, to see to see it go through the hoop like that was pretty special and, and pretty cool. Um, yeah, this San Diego State team has been great. Uh, we mentioned it over the last couple of weeks that uh, basketball has been changed a lot. And there was 1,100 players that entered the transfer portal this year. And uh, a lot of teams have really taken advantage of that, saw what their strengths and weaknesses were, saw the talent out there that wasn't hitting the floor as a starter, maybe wanted to make a change. And um, they were able to secure a few guys. Uh, all five of their guys are seniors, and uh, they're they're 24, 25 years old. So, you know, it, this isn't the guys with stars in their eyes looking at huge crowds, you know, the moments getting the pressure to them. They've been around. They're adults. They're in their mid-20s. This is uh, pretty uh, crazy when you see this team against UConn. And uh, I, I'm, I know that UConn actually is about seven, seven and a half point favorites going into this because they've dominated in this tournament every game, but I would never count out San Diego State University in this game. I think they have a real legitimate shot to be national champs. I think they do too, because uh, they've they've shown their grit, they've shown their determination throughout the entirety of the tournament. Uh, they know how to win close games, clearly, and they're not afraid of the moment. They're absolutely not afraid of the moment. In fact, they cherish the moment. They want to be there for that. So, and and you know, like what you just said there uh, about them all being seniors, they have the experience, they have the knowledge, they know how to conduct themselves when it comes to these kind of big games. Yeah, there are uh, two other guys, Matt Bradley and Darian Trammell. Uh, Bradley came transferred from UCLA, and Trammell transferred from Seattle University, so uh, close here. Uh, Nathan Mensa, senior, twenty-four years old, uh, seven foot four wingspan. Uh, he's been just so dominant in the defensive end. Uh, they're actually, uh, San Diego State holds a slight defensive edge over UConn. They've allowed only about 63 points a game, uh, more than a point under what the Huskies allow. Uh, their win-loss record is better than the Huskies, 32-6. and six. The Huskies were 30-8. and eight. And uh, UConn has averaged uh, more points per game, 78.6 points per game over uh, San Diego, 71 and a half. So, little bit of edge uh, offensively, but um, yeah, I, I've seen them play in so many tight games, uh, really have a phenomenal tournament. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have talked about this didn't really have the great uh, blue bloods in this tournament. And a lot of people were tuning it out as the final four um, came to fruition into this final game. 
But uh, I think this is great for the tournament. Uh, you don't, I think a lot of people cheer for upsets when you don't follow the sport on a daily, weekly basis. You you tune in, you see uh, a number 16 against number one, 15 against two, or you see a nine versus five. You're like, okay, I think I'm going to go for the underdog. And yeah. I think a lot of people are excited when these underdogs, uh, you know, can keep advancing. I was cheering for number nine over number five going into that game there. And I thought, you know, I'd really love to see Florida State make it because that'll be the lowest seed ever to make the final, right? And, uh, you know, that would be something historic we'll talk about forever. Yeah, like if, if Florida Atlantic had made it, yeah, it would have been the, the lowest seed to ever make the finals, ever. And just the fact that they even made it to the Final Four was awesome. And, yeah. and just the fact that all the teams that made it to the Final Four, like if you pick that Final Four, I, I guess you're Nostradamus. That's, that's what I'm going to give you. You're, you're yeah. obviously doing something about the future because – that's not a final four that anybody could have ever dreamed of conceiving personally for me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think I sent you an article I was reading where there was 20 million brackets and yeah. I think there was 26 or something like that. Picked that yeah. final four. So, uh, which was pretty incredible. I, I just didn't think a single soul would have been able to ever predict that and, uh, good on them. Yeah. 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 I, maybe they do. Maybe they can predict the future because <laughs> that was just crazy. Uh, I don't know how you look at a bracket and would have ever considered uh, those four teams going all the way. No, no top three seeds making it. Uh, that's just yeah. not the way that bracket ever worked. Yes, exactly. Like no, no number ones, no number twos, and no number threes. Yeah. That that usually that never ever ever happens. Yeah. It usually never happens. It's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this is going to change the lives of uh, all of these players tonight. Uh, just making this final, you get so much exposure, so many eyeballs on it. Uh, it's massive. Uh, it's in front of 70,000 fans live in Houston. 70,000 are watching it live. Uh, how many more is tens of millions watching it around the world? Uh, it's um, crazy. I was shocked in quite a bit of a way, though. The Ticket prices are less than the women's uh, final were, and uh, that was uh, very, very shocking. Yeah, the, the, to get tickets for the women's final cost you a lot more money than for this men's final, and a lot of people were pointing to not being, you know, the Blue Bloods, the top teams, and so a lot of people gave up. Probably a lot of people give up when they um, do their brackets and their brackets get busted. But uh, yeah. that was very shocking. I put some details on the website about, uh, yeah, the women's tickets being more pricey than the men's. That has to be, you know what? I'm I'm going to say that might be the first time that's ever happened. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, like that, that just that just doesn't even, even when you said it, I'm like, is that actually true? Is that, is that a thing? Yeah. yeah but, uh, but you're right about that. Like, if it's not one of those normal schools that we're used to seeing it all the time, then yeah, I guess, uh, I guess the prices for those tickets would go down because then how many people are San Diego state supporters that are going to be in Houston for that game yeah. or, or UConn or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it will be great. Not only for that university, for that city, uh, that city hasn't had uh, success. You can't point to, you know, San Diego winning, you yeah. know, much. They haven't won the Super Bowl. They haven't won NBA championship. <laughs> they haven't won uh, Major League Baseball. They haven't won hockey. They haven't won 
you know, there's nothing that I can remember pointing to for San Diego to get to say we're the best in the world at. And so, um, you know, I think this will be pretty epic if they do. Uh, UConn has won four championships before. They've been to five finals. And, uh, you know, their women's team has been one of the most dominant programs uh, over the years. And uh, finally, their men's team has really emerged as such a dominant force. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I'm still cheering for the underdog. Love to see San Diego party tonight and have a have a championship to call their own. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I'm cheering for the underdog as well. Uh, I, I love to see them pop that champagne in the locker room and they win, hopefully. Yeah, that'll be fun, yeah. Um, one part of the tournament that I didn't like, uh, for some reason, they have employed these basketballs that are terrible. They're way too bouncy. They look bad on the court when the people are handling them. Uh, they have received a massive amount of criticism about it and it's become quite the story i have seen so many shots missed that wouldn't normally be missed because these basketballs are too bouncy people started blaming it that they were inflated too much and then i thought oh no we're talking about deflate gate again <laughs> and stuff but you know some weird things about that but i just hated the look of the ball and i really thought it wasn't uh, up to the standards that it should be for this tournament you're right. They did look odd, didn't they? Yeah. I I I do remember thinking, I'm like, oh, the basketball looks kind of odd. Now, like, I, and I don't know why they just didn't go with their regular look that they've always gone with. I don't know why they decided to do this new look, but I think they've learned their lesson now, and hopefully they just go back to like their their traditional look of the basketball and look and feel. Yeah, this uh, this ball is called the Wilson Evo NXT. Uh, probably got a huge amount of money uh, to uh, go, you know, with this basketball and this look. But um, the LSU coach Kim Mulkey, uh, she was complaining about it all the way through this tournament. She just said, "This is unbelievable." She said, uh, "If I was home watching this game, I would have turned it off already." Uh, during one of the games early on because there was a lot of shots that uh, would have normally went down, I think, uh, bouncing off the, you know, layup off the backboard. Uh, normally those are pretty, uh, you know, pretty money shots. And a lot of them were bouncing off the uh, off the backboard too hard, too oh, strong. And uh, it was it was really bad. I was shocked. I was really shocked that they hadn't, you know, made sure that these – were going to be legitimate enough to utilize, and uh, they, they put them into this tournament, and it was a big miss. And uh, I will never buy a Wilson NXT ball. I hope they die. I hope uh, Wilson uh, realizes their mistake here and changes the ball because uh, those balls should be blown up, shot, buried deep below the, the surface of the earth and never seen again. It was It was terrible. Well, you know, obviously there was a sponsorship deal with Wilson to use their basketballs. And then this was supposed to be like their, their crowning achievement, this ball that they're coming out, right? And then, oh, that, that's pretty bad marketing strategy if nobody likes the ball. <laughs> yeah. Then that that's horrible. That doesn't work out very well for you. So, unfortunately, I think uh, Wilson was going to have to go back to the drawing board, come up with a better ball, because that's yeah. not it. Yeah. That's, that's not it. Yeah. I, I hope uh, we see we don't see major changes to this tournament. 
I absolutely loved it. Got to see dozens and dozens of games uh, on the men's side. Got to actually watch some of the women's side, which I was really happy for them. Really happy that they uh, sort of upstaged the men in, in some regards and uh, were able to really get a lot of notoriety. Uh, I noticed some of the girls already declaring for the WNBA draft, which is happening really soon. Uh, we're going to see some of these girls in the pros uh, very quickly. And Caitlin Clark, she set a record uh, for most points ever in a in a tournament. Uh, she she just looked incredible. Um, she got 191 points in the tournament. She passed Cheryl Swoops and Shamika Holdsclaw. Uh, Swoops had 177 points in 93. Holdsclaw had 155 points in 98. And, um, yeah, Caitlin Clark uh, just loved how gritty, how tough she was, how uh, much she willed this team to this national championship. And uh, if she she decides to go pro, uh, I think she'll be, uh, you know, one of the top few picks in the draft. And I think she'll have an, an amazing WNBA career. Yeah, I, th- I think she's going to have a great career. I don't know if Angel Reese is declaring, but and I look forward to them battling. That's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Angel's only a sophomore. Um, mm-hmm. I think she said that uh, I, I heard an interview with her today, and I think she said she's planning on going back. She's got more to learn. Uh, she was a transfer um, this past year, came into this program. Uh, she said, you know, she learned a lot, had an amazing year, but I think. She wants to get more seasoning before I'm um, thinking of turning pro. So uh, maybe, you know, we're a year or two away from her entering the WNBA ranks. But uh, yeah, I, I look, I think, uh, you know, that'll be a must see TV, the first battle in the pros between those two girls. Oh, yeah. I, I think that uh, definitely must see TV between those two ladies for yeah. sure. Yes. So uh, there's a mixed bag of stuff to talk about outside this NCAA tournament. Uh, There's a lot of combat sports that happened this weekend. No UFC this weekend, but a lot of combat sports news. Uh, We're going to get to some NBA talk because it's the last week before the uh, playoff start of the play-in tournament starts uh, next week. Um, Not really a lot left uh, to talk about the NFL, so we're going to leave that to the side. But I want to start with some massive news that, has been rumored for quite a while. Uh, we've been not sure that it would it would ever come together, but the UFC has officially bought the WWE. And uh, that uh, announcement came down over the weekend. Uh, they will uh, merge these two companies. Uh, officially, Endeavor Entertainment that owns the UFC has purchased 51% of the WWE and plan to use their marketing budgets together. This becomes a $21.4 billion company valuation now. And uh, these two um, these two companies merging is uh, massive news. Uh, they uh, WWE just had WrestleMania 38 over the weekend in uh, LA. And uh, it was uh, very, very highly regarded, very well received. And uh, finally, these two uh, entities coming together. Uh, I think it's massive news, and I think uh, it's going to just uh, grow both of these companies even further up the up the uh, sporting landscape. Okay, because I, I I remember hearing that uh, there was another group that was in competition with Endeavor, and I believe it was Rock's group. 
because uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson had a group as well that was vying to buy uh, the WWE. But yeah. clearly, Endeavor has more money, so they won that. Um, <laughs> right. uh, I I think it's going to be good. I, I'm kind, I'm very curious to see where the direction of the WWE is going to go. But I believe one thing is for sure is that Vince McMahon is going to stay on as chairman, as CEO. Yeah, a couple so of least, years at least. Yeah. Yeah. So at least for the short term, everything should be fine with the WWE. But then once, because Vince is an old man now, so he, he's not going to be staying in that position for that much longer. No. And so then going forward, I'm very interested to see how, where they're going to take the WWE, how, yeah. how what it's going to look like and stuff. But I also want to say, I think this is a good, uh, this, this is good for like the UFC fighters. That once they like they retire and they finish their careers, possibly go to the WWE like yeah. Ronda Rousey did. Sure, that, yeah. that's another avenue to make money, and it being a, a lot less um, hard on the body. Yeah, uh, may, maybe not. It's not as horrible as fighting, but it's still pretty hard. You know what I mean? But <laughs> right. but yeah. at the same time, a little bit less. So at least it gives another avenue for UFC fighters once they're done their fighting career. Yeah, yeah, that's a really brilliant idea because. Uh, a lot of times um, we've seen people leave the UFC and then they go to secondary promotions. They they turn to boxing. They turn to, you know, different types of um, fighting and combat. But, uh, yeah, this this might be a, a no brainer. Uh, I can see a lot of cross promotions and, um, you know, see some of these WWE fighters, you know, get into MMA a lot more like we saw with Brock Lesnar and and CM Punk to a small degree and stuff like that as well. Uh, I could see, you know, that happening. But, yeah, to be able to uh, keep them under the same umbrella, be able to keep promoting them, uh, you know, not lose them to all these other organizations out of there, I think that's great for these fighters and and the UFC as a whole. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I, I think it's great. Um, I, I just hope that, you know, like Endeavor seems to be pretty smart about making sure that the right people are in the right positions to ensure that their product stays the same same standard of quality yeah. and so with them keeping on some of the old guard obviously for the wwe that's exactly what they're going to do it's almost as if they're acquiring it but they're just going to still let it run the status quo and then possibly do some tweaks or whatever they need to or cross promotions as it, as time goes along yeah i was surprised i i think they have uh something like 7700 employees for endeavor so uh you know that's a pretty pretty massive organization and and uh, yeah, I'm sure um, you know they'll they'll uh, definitely maintain status quo for the early stages. I'm sure, but uh, I think once the minds get together and figure out how to the best run this, I think we're going to see a lot of very brilliant marketing and incredible things. And I think it's just only going to grow more. Um, the UFC uh, they say from this merger and this valuation that they're worth 12.1 billion. Uh, they were bought by Endeavor in 2016 for four billion, so they've tripled in value in seven years, six and a half years. So um, that's incredible. They they value the WWE at 9.3 billion. So um, two massive sporting entities and the landscape uh, merging like this, uh, huge news. And I think um, 
this is uh, yeah, only going to be great for for both organizations, and I think it's uh, it's good. I don't I don't want the UFC to become uh, like WWE with no. you know too much uh, blowhards getting on the mic and uh, you know a lot of craziness. But um, I think the, the WWE has been phenomenal at promoting themselves and doing things to keep themselves in the spotlight and the sporting landscape. Uh, you know, ever since Vince McMahon's there. Uh, Vince stepped away for a little bit. He's back. I think uh, he signed a two-year agreement that he would be there for two years to sort of help a, a proper transition go on for somebody else. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing who's the next guy to step into that role and and really take the WWE to, to new heights. Yeah, I'm interested in who's going to be that person. I'm interested in maybe it's still going to be possibly Triple H, who mm-hmm. has been angling for that position for a very 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 long time so it's it still could be him but you know what uh good for the mcmahons this is what they built they built this thing from the ground up and for them to sell it finally for nine billion dollars not bad yeah exactly yeah Okay, as I mentioned earlier there was a lot of combat sports um on on the weekend uh we had I watched the Anthony Joshua fight. Uh, he fought uh, Jermaine Franklin over the weekend at the O2 Arena. Got a victory there. Uh, I watched <clears throat> some game-bred boxing. I watched some PFL. I watched a little bit of the Bellator 293. Uh, man, just uh, so many organizations with combat sports going on. Uh, where would you like to start with? Would you... Uh, do you want to talk some boxing or do you want to talk some MMA? Uh, you know what? Let's go with the boxing first and start there. Okay. So Anthony Joshua has hit a bit of a rough patch in his career before this match. Uh, he fought American Jermaine Franklin. Uh, got a unanimous decision. 117-111 uh, on two judges' scorecards. 118-111 on the other. Uh, I watched the entire fight, really dominated, really um, utilized a a great uppercut that had Franklin in in trouble on a few occasions. But it was it was fairly obvious who was going to come out of this as a winner. Uh, Wasn't really that exciting. And I don't think a ton of people tuned in to it. Um, They're really wanting to see something a lot bigger for Joshua. And immediately there was talk about Tyson Fury. Uh, I don't know how many times you and I have talked about Tyson Fury on this, but it's always like, okay, this is who he's fighting next. This is who he's fighting next. This is who he's fighting next. And, you know, I think I've had to say six different names in the past few months on who he's fighting next. But supposedly uh, that's the fight they want to make at the O2 Arena or in Wembley Stadium in the UK, uh, having a huge, massive crowd. And have the the two titans there from from England fight. Um, I guess I kind of hope that that's his next opponent. That's who he fights next. I, I don't see anything else moving the needle that much for Joshua at this point. Yeah, uh, definitely for Joshua. That that's 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 the fight for him. That would be the biggest fight for him. Clearly, yeah. um, I know for Fury. He also there was a possibility of him fighting Usyk, but I think those talks have broken down, unfortunately. Yeah. Because let's let's be honest, out of the heavyweight division, there's only four guys that are of interest. It's Usyk, it's Joshua, it's Fury, and it's Deontay Wilder. 
that's it. That, 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 that's, that, that's your landscape. I haven't really heard of any other up-and-coming heavyweights that are of that distinction, of, right. of that celebrityhood that can come up there. Oh, wait. There We're is talking about – yeah, don't don't forget our WWE champion that uh, left the UFC. I mean, UFC champion that left the UFC and wants to get a yes. shot at it, right? That and that's what I was going to say. I, I forgot one guy in Ghana, and right. then so he and he's a wild card in all this, yeah. right? And then if because if they want to just make money, well, okay, Ngannou's not a boxer, but you want to talk about making some money? Yeah. Well, yeah, fight that guy. Yeah, that'll make some money. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, that will probably move the needle the most. I think, uh, you know, there's so much, uh, so many UFC fans around the world now. They're starting to surpass the fans of boxing in North America and other countries. And, and uh, you know, this is, you can say you're the baddest man on the planet. You know, they always do say that when a guy becomes a heavyweight champion. But when you're the baddest man on both sports, uh, yeah. you know, it, it moves the needle. We saw it happen with, McGregor and Mayweather, uh, this would be even bigger because you've got, you know, the heavyweight guys and they are always the one that garner huge interest when it's a really, really big fight. Yeah, of course, because like just look at the size of them. Like yeah. you just you look at these guys and they're just Titan. like they're they're titans, the yeah. monsters, right? Yeah. And then uh if any of those guys connect, it doesn't matter. One solid shot, that's about all it can take. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, there it was. Uh, there was some good fights on the card uh, with the zone. I watched uh, a, another card that came out of Texas, and there was some good fights. But um, why don't we talk about the game bread boxing that really seemed to garner a lot of interest? A lot of former uh, UFC fighters that had got into the boxing game. Uh, Jorge Masvidal still very relevant, fighting this weekend actually in UFC 287. Um, this. Uh, game bread boxing that he put put on when it was announced you and i were like wow look at the talent that they've been able to assemble here uh i was i was pretty impressed um a lot of these guys you know they're still not <laughs> you know top top boxers so you know it wasn't like watching some real pros that have been in the game their entire career but i think anthony pettis uh it won uh in the main event um, it was a majority decision. Um, it was an upset, uh, according to a lot of people. Roy Jones Jr. in there, but he's 54 years old. So, uh, you know, do you call this much of an upset? Uh, what do you think when you hear Anthony Pettis beat Roy Jones Jr. by majority decision? Okay, so this is what I think. Because uh, I actually saw them both up on stage with their shirts off, and I'm just like, all right, so that guy looks like, He's definitely been retired. I'm talking about Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. And then maybe hasn't touched some weights in quite some time. Like he didn't he didn't come into the fight like Mike Tyson did. No. Where all of a sudden Mike Tyson's like, oh, that's terrifying. I'm not doing that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so I I I I didn't expect much from Roy. I'm just I'm just gonna be honest. I didn't yeah. expect much from Roy, and then that's that's exactly how it played out. So yeah. Pettis was able to steal it. Pettis is younger. Pettis looked like he actually trained. Yeah. Okay. That makes yeah, sense. I was. Yeah, I was surprised. I did. I thought Roy would, would take it super serious, and uh, yeah, really look like you know he got in as top shape that he could. I I didn't think he was, and um, yeah, a bit disappointed there. Uh, he he has been you know retired 
really for about four or five years at least. And, um, you know, yeah, he, he doesn't look like he has taken it as seriously as he should have. And to be the, the main event, you know, maybe uh, Jorge should have uh, saw him with his shirt off, saw what his training <laughs> regiment was like, and maybe moved it down on the uh, card a little bit. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that always, that to me, that upsets me if I'm, you know, I'm not saying paying my hard-earned money, but uh, my hard-earned time deserves, you know, some respect and, uh, you know, give me a, a matchup that I, you know, think is worthy of a main main event. But um, the co-main event uh, had Vitor Belfort beating Jacare Souza, uh, unanimous decision. Uh, Vitor, you know, has had his ups and downs. He has looked incredibly shape. Uh, then, you know, sort of fell off, got himself onto some really good uh, growth hormones and things like that and let, looked like a killer animal. Uh, I was expecting him to beat Jacare in this one, but uh, he, he looked actually pretty good. And he started calling out a ton of people after this one. And I think he's going to be the main event uh, when they do Game Bread 5. Okay, well, that, that makes sense. I, I want to I ask you, because I, I didn't see it see that fight did he look back to trt vitor belfort yeah yeah oh that's the best kind of vitor isn't it yeah it is absolute killer vitor (laughs) (laughs) yeah he uh he really knows how to make himself look scary and uh yeah he gets on that uh, testone replacement therapy and holy crap he changes uh from an old man to a young looking guy that he'll really beat you bad and yeah, he looked uh, he looked tough and good, and uh, yeah, I I would pay to see him fight some more. Yeah, I like see that. I would pay for that because that yeah. that that makes sense to me. Because like you know he is a little bit removed, but at least he's still training. He looks yeah. good. You know, like he he actually cares. He cares. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Uh, the other fight that was on the card that we talked about and was highly touted was the uh, Jose Aldo Jeremy Stevens that ended up in a majority draw. So. Not, oh. yeah, not the uh, thing that I was expecting and uh, hoping for. Uh, both of them looked a little tentative and did not really um, put in the effort that I expected trying to get a victory. Um, it, I, I think it deserved a draw and, and it got a draw. Okay, so both of them didn't want to engage because they knew what was coming back at the other guy, right? No. So it was one of those, so. It, was it as bad as them just kind of standing and looking at each other going, you throw, no, you throw. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> not that bad, but still, uh, yeah, it it, uh, it took a long time for them to really put themselves in harm's way. They just uh, kept themselves on the outside and it, um, yeah, it, it wasn't that exciting. Uh, the whole, the whole card was just okay. There was only um, t- two knockouts on the main card, six decisions uh prelims i barely watched it was um i'd say i give it maybe a c plus um something like that you know it was i was expecting a bit more i'm glad that uh masvidal was able to get these big names and uh you know really garner some interest in it but um you know it just didn't live up to what i thought it was going to be you know what? You know what Masvidal needs to do for next time. For the next time he puts on an event, because obviously there's going to be another one. He needs to make sure that he's got guys that's just going to ah, I'll still cost you to win, no problem. I'll fight. Kind of yeah. like some guys like Michael Chandler, where there's yeah. like win, lose, or draw, you're going to have one heck of a match. 
it's going to be exciting and entertaining. Yeah. You can get a couple guys like that, of that kind of mindset. Yeah. Obviously, he's going to compensate them well. But if you get those guys with that mindset, then he's going to have a great show. Yeah, I agree. And he, you know, he should be able to suss those types of guys out because that's the type of fighter he has always been, really. Ever yeah. since uh, he got a few too many decisions in the middle of his career and realized, hey, you know, I got to just put it all on the line. If I get knocked out, I get knocked out and, you know, change his career trajectory and suddenly became such a, you know, a must see when he was on a card. And um, yeah, I hope he can, you know, put together some great talent again, but great guys that are willing to go out on their shield, win or win or lose. Yeah, because like with this this fight coming up for him and the next card for the UFC, if he beats Burns, I'm telling you right now, I think he's fighting for a title. Yeah, a title shot. Like I yeah. think because because of the history that Leon Edwards and Masvidal already have, which is they don't like each other and they usually throw at each other every time they see each other, which is yeah. awesome. <laughs> so I, I I would love to see that fight, and I and I love the fact that um, that Leon is basically like. You know what, Colby? That's great that you want to fight me, but no, you don't get the opportunity. You will not get that chance. I yeah. love that. Nah, I don't think so. Yeah, that was phenomenal, and that was very cool. I, I love that too. Yeah, I'm glad Colby does does not deserve it. Get back to the back of the line, and we'll see you again one day. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, let's turn to the MMA side of things. Um, as I mentioned, PFL had their opening weekend this weekend for this season. Uh, all their weight classes will there'll be a million dollar winner at the end of this tournament uh, they started out with the first um, first card of the season this year they do have some pay-per-views where there are fights that will not be in the tournament but this was the start of the tournament the main event uh, I was pretty excited for uh, I was a little bit excited for this card because there were um some UFC guys that I have uh, followed over their career and thought, you know, wow, okay, we've got some pretty decent talent. And I thought PFL might be able to start chipping away at uh, some of the UFC guys because of that million dollar carrot at the end of the season. And, uh, you know, you're not getting that uh, when you're sort of a mid-level guy in the UFC. So uh, guys that fought for the title were on this card. Uh, Marlon Marais was in the main event. Uh, co-main event had Tiago Santos fighting. Uh, the fight right before that had Christoph Jotko. Uh, so, you know, I was like, all right, well, yeah, three guys that have been in the UFC wars, have fought uh, top-level talent and had pretty decent careers. Um, I was kind of surprised, though, that the main event had Marlon Marais in it with fighting uh, Brendan Lochnane. Uh, Brendan Lochnane has been a PFL guy for the last few seasons. Uh, Marais comes in on a five-fight losing streak into this fight. So do you deserve a main event shot when you've lost five in a row coming in? I don't think so. And uh, unfortunately, this is six losses in a row as he got uh, knocked out by leg kicks. Um, Lochnane's oh. leg kicks were damaging him really bad in the first round. He finally landed one about a minute into the second round that uh, fell Marais, and that was it. The referee came and stopped it. He could not continue. It was uh, a pretty brutal display of leg kicks, but uh, six losses in a row, five losses in a row. I'm not putting a guy in a main event. Are you if you're the promoter? 
All I can say is Marlon Marais's agent must be fantastic <laughs> to have talked the promoters into saying, no, he's a main event. You know, like, look at his career in the UFC. It's like, but he's lost five straight. <laughs> was it, last time he won, what? How many years ago was that? You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like no, he, he doesn't. He clearly doesn't have it anymore. But I will say this: for any fighter to knock a man out with leg kicks, oh, impressive! That, man. that, 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 that man's an animal. He's, he's, <laughs> that's a total beast move, man. Yeah. If you can, if you can TKO a person with leg kicks, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah, he was battering his front leg and he, you know, within the first couple shots you were like oh he can't put any he can't <laughs> put any pressure on that front leg he was sw- trying to switch stances trying to get some takedowns trying to you know do anything he could to uh get out of that but no it was impossible and um yeah i i was really shocked when you know i i really looked into marais and thought you know wow it's weird that you know he went into the pfl Lost his first one, got knocked out, uh, and then you know was able to fight, to, you know, for the main event in their their following fight. Because uh, yeah, he he got a you know he got some big wins in the in the uh, UFC. Uh, he beat Aljamain Sterling, who's the champion. He beat Jose Aldo. Uh, he he has he has beat uh, you know from pretty decent guys, a, a Sun Sal. And but uh, he went on a losing streak. His last win was December 14th, 2019. So we're about three and a half years. Uh, he lost to Sanhagen Font, Devashvili, Sonia Dong, and then uh, Shaman Marais when he went into the PFL. You know, no joke fighters, but still, yeah. um, you know, you really want to have two guys that are coming in with winning streaks, uh, yes. you know, facing each other. You know, you're going to be. Who's going to be able to take out the guy and stop this winning streak? Not, you know, oh, can this guy stop a five-fight losing streak? It seemed pretty weird to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. That, that uh, The marketing promoting on that, I think they missed it. They missed on that one for sure. Yeah. Co-main event had a guy, Rob Wilkinson. He beat Tiago Santos by unanimous decision. I thought, actually, this was a just decision. And uh, Santos, uh, you know, super tough. But he just uh, seemed to just be wanting to land that killer shot, land that knockout punch, really wasn't as busy, really wasn't, um, you know, winning these rounds, round after round. Uh, He landed the punch a couple times, but not clean, and, uh, you know, lost the decision there. Uh, Santos is, you know, no joke. Uh, He, you know, fought John Jones, and, you know, some people thought he beat John Jones in that fight, but... Um, you know, now he's in PFL, loses this. We'll see where he goes from here. Yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunate, uh, but he does he does have that habit of trying to wait for the big shot, yeah. and then guys begin to point put points up on the board because he's not being as active as he should be. Yeah. He has that problem with that. He had that in the UFC, and it's unfortunately showing itself again. I think he just needs to get started like a lot earlier, right? Like yeah. if he wants to start winning these fights again, like he just. He has to be a busier fighter. And uh, the other fight, uh, Christoph Jocko was in. He lost by split decision. I think this decision could have went either way. It was a really tough fight, uh, hard to call. Uh, I kind of would have probably given the the nod to Jocko on this, but Flurry gets his hand raised on this, and and uh, he's on his way towards the million dollars. 
Um, yeah, we'll see uh, how PFL goes. Uh, it was good to see PFL on TSN, you know, our local broadcaster here for you Americans, uh, you know, free TV, uh, you know, having a platform all to themselves, no USC that night. Um, it was good for them. And uh, yeah, good to see that uh, they're off and running. Uh, they've got some talent there and I'm, I'm looking forward to the season ahead. Yeah. And it's also good to see that uh, their, their fighters fighting former UFC fighters, they all won. All one, yeah. Yeah, so and that and that's pretty impressive because that's just showing that our homegrown talent is just as good. Yeah. Uh Bellator 293. Uh main event had Kat Zingano facing Leah McCourt to uh decide the title uh challenger against Chris Cyborg. Uh Kat Zingano ended up getting a unanimous decision, and uh they will line up Chris Cyborg and her for the featherweight championship. Coming in the few next few months, so um, yeah, Ken Kaz and Zingano, great fighter, uh, had a really good historic uh, women's fighting career. UFC, other organizations, uh, Bellator put her as the main event, and uh, it was a good fight. I was impressed by her performance. You know what? Now that I think about it, when did she leave the UFC? I can't even remember when she left. That must have been now a couple of years now, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not too long ago, but not, not uh, too long ago though. No. But well, good for her. Um, you know, like I, I think it's it's always good to sometimes just to have movement. You know, yeah. go from the UFC to the Bellator or whatever, and then also to probably the the possibility of making more money was with Bellator, anyways. And I, I know I'm very curious to see like how how she's gonna do against Cyborg. You know, like this she she's still a she's still a pretty scary woman. Very scary. scary woman, yeah. yeah, yeah, very scary, and uh, yeah, wouldn't want to be facing her, but uh, yeah, she, we have seen her lose, so uh, she's not yeah. unbeatable, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Cyborg, um, I think is in a bit of a uh contract battle with Bellator currently, she hasn't fought uh in a little while, and um, I heard that she wants more money, and Bellator is not wanting to meet her demands at this moment so this fight isn't you know guaranteed but um you know what's one of bellator's top draws on the women's side so i think it gets done i i think it definitely will get done at some point somehow some way they'll they'll, they'll, they'll negotiate they'll find a common ground and they'll get it done yeah uh so a bit of sad news um over the weekend uh a Female wrestler in the WWE. Her name is uh, Lynette Martinez, but uh, most people know her as She-Hulk. Um, she went. She attended the UFC event, uh, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before in San Antonio. And uh, after the event, uh, she was supposed to meet up with somebody that said that he was going to introduce her to the UFC brass and some of the UFC people. And uh, she has went missing. Uh, she is a mother of three. And uh, nobody has seen her since March the 24th after this UFC event. And uh, everyone is concerned. They put out missing person alerts and um, has asked for anybody that, you know, has any idea of her whereabouts or seen her or know any information to contact them. Um, this is pretty scary news uh, that... You know, somebody possibly 
uh, asked her to um, meet with them to, you know, help her career. And, uh, you know, maybe has uh, she's met with some foul play. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, pretty scary news uh, to come out of the, you know, UFC, WWE world uh, that um, they were trying to sort of mesh that they just did over the weekend. But, uh, yeah, she's she's gone missing, uh, you know, go, coming up a couple weeks now. This is pretty scary news. Ah, uh, man, that's 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 it's sad and it's terrifying. It just reminds you about how you just you need to be careful about people that you've never met, you don't know, especially if they tell you to meet at uh, some designated spot that that doesn't have people around. Yeah. You have to be, you have to just be aware. You have to be very aware these things can happen. I hope she gets found. I hope she's safe and sound. But since it's been a couple of weeks, that's that's not good. No, not good at all. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the mother of three. So uh, her family is very, very, very concerned. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, uh, yeah, we find out, um, you know, this has a happy ending and uh, she gets found and returned back to her friends and family. Um, okay. Uh, let's transition to the NBA. Uh, last week of the regular season. Um, can't believe it's upon us. Uh, it seems like it's just flown by for me. Uh, you know, I, I've we've been covering the NBA pretty heavily all season, and uh, it's amazing that uh, yeah, we're we're down to the last few games for every team. Uh, seems like the playoff matchups are really coming into form, and uh, this is um yeah going to be great to see how they how it all comes together. Um, the the regular season ends this Sunday, and then we get the play-in tournament, uh, which starts on Tuesday. Uh, we get games Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday to decide the top eight teams. Um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm amazed uh, that it flew by this much, but uh, I'm excited for the playoffs ahead and uh, to get to finalize these matchups. Finally, uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, there's one team that I I, I will say that I'm still I'm surprised uh, that they've surprised me because. I thought they would have had a free fall from grace from where they were to where they are now, and that would be the New Jersey Nets. Brooklyn. I thought they, I thought, I thought they would have fallen out of playoff contention completely yeah. by now, yeah. but they actually haven't. So they, they're 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 holding on right now. They're yeah. in sixth in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. I have a feeling that they're going to make it, which I think is a credit. I'm, I'm going to say basically that's a that's a credit to the GM and to like the New Jersey Nets staff because of dealing with those those two those their two superstars was the way they did and getting what they got back from it i think that's the best they could have asked yeah yeah very shocking i thought they were just going to plummet down the standings and you know we were going to see them maybe in the play in but sixth yeah. place still uh, you know really solidifying a guaranteed playoff spot it looks like only two, yeah. they got a two game lead on uh, miami but uh, yeah um you you said New Jersey about three or four times. They're Brooklyn now, so uh, well, Brooklyn, you know, sorry, don't, don't uh, upset the Brooklyn fans. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, right. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. Mikhail Bridges has been absolutely incredible uh, since he's been there, and he's really just emerged as as the leader of that team. And uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, this team, uh, you know, I think they have got some great talent. They don't got any superstars there, but uh, they're playing very very well. Yeah, they, they got good pieces. They got good pieces. And now Mikel Bridges can actually be the highlight yeah. of, of the team instead of just being like the supporting cast. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. 
Yeah. So if you're not familiar uh, as a viewer, listener of how the play-ins work, uh, this is how it plays out. On Tuesday, the number seven and number eight matchups happen. So the Eastern Conference goes first. Um, they will have seven and eight team uh, facing each other. At this moment, it's Miami against Atlanta. Uh, Raptors are tied with the in record with Atlanta, but um, the tiebreaker favors Atlanta right now. So it would be uh, Miami against Atlanta in the first game. And then in the second game on Tuesday, at this point right now, it's the Lakers and the Pelicans. Uh, Lakers, actually, since LeBron has been back, have been really, really playing well. Uh, they're on a three-game uh, three win streak, seven and three in the last ten, and really have started to emerge. They do have a shot, actually, at even moving up the ranks even further. But at this moment, it'd be the Lakers and the Pelicans to face each other on Tuesday. On Wednesday, it's the nine and ten games that will be featured. So, in the East right now, it's the Raptors and the Bulls. Raptors have been playing pretty decent. The Bulls also, um, you know, starting to emerge again. They went through a really rough stretch, but uh, not bad right now. It looks like they might hold off the Wizards and Magic. I think that they're sort of sort of solidified into that 10th position uh, with a four-game lead now, a few only a few games to play. So I think we can definitely say the Bulls are going to be in this game. Uh, not sure exactly if the Raptors or the Hawks will be in that or not. Uh, and then the second game on Wednesday, we'll have the 9 and 10 teams, the Minnesota Timberwolves against the OKC Thunder uh, at this moment. Uh, there are some possibilities that the Jazz, the Mavericks could be in this game. Uh, the Pelicans or the Lakers could fall down, but at this moment, uh, good. I'd, I'd bet a lot of money that uh, Minnesota and OKC will face each other on Wednesday. So then uh, they'll have a day off once those games happen. And then Friday, uh, we will have the East start first, as always. And it'll be the, the loser of the 7-8 game will face the winner of the 9-10 game. And uh, the winner of that one will get eighth place. The, obviously, the winner of that first 7-8 matchup gets 7th place. And uh, in the afternoon game, it'll be uh, nine. Uh, the loser of the 7-8 and the 9-10 and 10 on the west side. So, um, hope you followed that. Hope you understand how that came together. Did I explain it uh, well enough, Jason? I, that, that, that's pretty, it's pretty clear. Pretty clear to me anyways. Okay. Uh, so, but then 7-8, and eight, this is what happens. Uh, you get seventh seventh place. Uh, you will face the Boston Celtics. Uh, oh. Eighth place, you'll face the Milwaukee Bucks in the East. So, uh, careful what you wish for. Uh, it'll probably be a short series for uh, either team having to face it in the West. I think there's a bit of a shot for some of these teams if the Lakers are are in there. Um, you know, yeah. with uh, LeBron and AD and a healthy squad. Uh, they could do some damage possibly against Memphis. Um, Denver uh, has been pretty solid all year. They've been in first place all year. That eighth position right now is the Pelicans. Uh, I would definitely favor Denver in this one. Jokic has been out the last couple games and dealing with a, a few nagging injuries, obviously, but uh, Denver's, you know, 
by far and away, I think the most solid team in this conference and, and really has a chance to go far. So, um, you know, it's great that you make the play in great that you make the top eight, but uh, going to face some stiff competition moving forward. Yeah. Not very, very stiff competition. And the Pelicans would be in such a better position if there was that certain player that hadn't gotten injured and still dealing with a hamstring injury, Zion Williamson. Yeah. And, and- and that's the that's the that's the conundrum that the Pelicans are facing right now. Wow. How do we keep this guy healthy enough to stay in? Because when he was in, Pelicans were number two at one point in the West. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's how good they were. They were up there, yeah, for a long yeah. time. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I hate to say this, but I think uh, Zion Williamson is going to be injury prone his entire career. I I just do not see him. Uh, figuring it out. Um, I, I saw how much he ballooned up when he was off court. Um, you know, he, he put on about 40 pounds, it looked like. And, uh, you know, a professional guy that, you know, really wants to be at the top of his game and continuing to get better just doesn't do that. It just doesn't do that, no matter what. Even if you're not playing, you're still trying to keep yourself in tip-top condition with all the uh, benefits that you have by being a professional athlete, all the ability to, you know, have the people in place that can keep you in shape. Um, you know, it really just discouraged me and made me wonder if he's, if he's going to be uh, able to stay healthy and keep uh, as one of the elite talents in this league. I, I, I sort of doubt it myself. What he needs to do is like to talk to some of the, the, the the veterans like like reach out to LeBron or somebody like that that has this record of longevity durability and just go well, what are you doing how <laughs> how are you keeping your body in shape like if he actually cares you know what yeah. I mean like if, if he really wants to can, like to be there for his team and his teammates yeah. by just being on the court then that's an important thing and then th- that would be sacrifices being made like you know donuts can't can't eat those all the time. Sugary drinks, no, no. Celery and carrots, you know, like that, that's uh, that's what we're gonna be like, you know, raising you on. So I, I think there there might be a recommitment that he has to make for that to happen, and yeah. but he he'd have to make that, and then and also too the Pelican staff have to just try to come up with a game plan to try yeah. to keep him on the court because once he's on the court, it's magic, man. That that dude, he, he's got it. Whatever yeah. that it is, he's got it. Yeah, they got uh, they they got a lot of talent. Ingram's a talent, McCollum. Uh, they got a lot of good players on that team, and uh, they could go far if um, he's there. But uh, the one thing that did surprise me was I watched the game the other night, and uh, during a timeout, uh, he came off the bench. He was he was in a chair behind the bench. He came off the chair, came into the huddle, and was really giving it to the guys. Was really saying, "Hey." Uh, you know, we're not, we're not pounding the boards. We're not doing this. We got to get this. And he was really vocal. And, uh, you know, even though he was wearing one of the craziest looking chains you ever seen, and, you know, was wearing some, uh, you know, crazy outfit. He seemed like he was really into the game and was really giving it to guys that he didn't think were given enough effort. So uh, I'm glad he hasn't checked out. Uh, like I, I see a lot of guys on the bench when they're, wearing their, you know, crazy outfits and big chains and stuff. Uh, I, I was happy to see that he's still mentally with it. Yeah, and, and that's what you need to see because he's supposed to be one of the leaders on the team. So he better be like that because if he's not like that and then he's also not in shape, like 
that, that's that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So at least it's a good thing to see that he's actually mentally still focused and checked in because going forward, that will pay dividends for the team. We'll see if he comes back. Uh, we'll, I'm not sure. We we get conflicting reports, and uh, yeah, no nobody seems to really know exactly if we're going to see him by the playoffs. But uh, there are some great news that we will see a return from a guy that's been missing for 22 games uh, for personal reasons. Andrew Wiggins is supposed to be back within the next 24 hours, I hear, and will uh, emerge. Back with the Golden State Warriors, going for a defense of their NBA championship. And uh, he's a piece they've really, really missed. And uh, he'll be a great addition. Uh, he's not been out from an injury, so he probably won't need a lot of time to get back to basketball shape. Hopefully he has been at least working out a little bit and keeping um, you know, keeping the legs working a bit. Uh, but I'm really thrilled and happy that at least Golden State will be full complimented guys heading forward to try to defend their their title. They can't win without him. Yeah. Simply said, uh, point blank, they can't win without him. Um, so I'm glad that he's has the ability to come back to the team and make make a run for whatever it's worth. So good for him. Yeah, it's going to take him a couple of games to I think get his legs underneath him, but I think it's only just going to be that a couple of games, and he should be good to go. Well, it's been really fun seeing Gary Payton back. Uh, he's had a couple games under his belt. Uh, looks like he's having as much fun as ever, smiling a ton, diving for balls, being that defensive presence, and uh, you know, a guy that uh, really is crucial for a, a big run in the playoffs. Yeah, he's absolutely essential. Like he, he's the defensive stalwart. He's one of their best defenders on the wing. So uh, it's great that he's back. It, it, it's, it kind of sucks that he even had to leave in the first place, yeah. if, if you really think about it, because they kind of had to do this roundabout thing just to even get him back into the fold. And then the trade almost didn't happen yeah. because the Trailblazers lied about his his condition with his injury. So, yeah. But I love the fact that Golden State said, no, you're still our guy, even with the injury, whatever. You just can't trust the Trailblazers going forward. Got it. And, yeah, uh, yeah. so it's good to see him out there. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, the NBA and the NBA Players Association has agreed on a new CBA this weekend. Uh, they will be moving forward with a seven-year agreement, uh, stopping any possibility of a strike or labor uh, stoppage. Um, it, this is a great news, huge news. I'm glad they were able to come together. It uh, is implementing a lot of changes that will affect teams like the Warriors, uh, the Warriors were unable to keep Gary Payton the uh, second in the fold because of the salary cap restrictions and and issues that they had because they were maxed out. Um, this will actually harm teams like the Warriors, but it will uh, it it has ability to um, help teams with more than two superstars. They only had uh, two. Uh, exceptions where you could sign the guy to his bird rights above the above the, the cap numbers, max contracts. Uh, there's these super max contracts where they only allow two. They are they do allow more than two now, so that will help in that regard. Uh, there are some really good wordings in there, but it, it's trying to bring a little bit more of the lesser lights up and some of the teams that uh, draft well really. Um, build their team through their um, farm system and, and 
bring them along. Uh, I think it'll reward a lot of teams, maybe like OKC, who's been doing it like that, um, yeah. and enable them to keep guys like Shade Gilgis Alexander and things like that. But I was just thrilled and so happy to hear that um, there won't be any labor strife for at least seven more years. Yeah, no, that's great. And then I also heard, too, that if for any player for them to win like their individual awards, they have to play at least a minimum of 65 games. 65, yeah. They will not be. And yeah. I think that's great yeah. because that's incentive for these guys to, you know, play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, you and I talked recently about load management and what they're going to do uh, to, to stifle it and stop it from happening so often that, um, you know, that's one of the things. Hopefully there's a little bit more in the agreement. I haven't poured over the entire agreement. The last agreement that they had in 2017 was uh, almost 600 pages. So uh, this one will be, uh, it'll take a while to go over, but you're right. That's a really key one. You cannot be uh, MVP. You can't be rookie of the year. You yeah. can't get any of the major awards and all MV, all NBA consideration if you haven't played at least 65 games. So, uh, I think that was very smart, and I'm glad that they worded that in there. No, no, I, I think it was absolutely essential, and especially it's essential because now they can go when they when they have to redo their TV deals, saying, "Well, look, we got it in there; it's in writing now with the union. 65 games, yeah. So, like at least 65 games, most of our stars will play." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors played uh, last night against Denver. Uh, Denver was missing Nikola uh, Nikola Jokic, so uh, Golden State was expected to um, give them a good run for their money. Uh, Clay Thompson missed the last two shots at the end. To uh, uh, unfortunately, Golden State lost one twelve one ten. Thompson missed a wide open three. Got it back a second time and was blocked by Jamal Murray on the buzzer beater. And, um, yeah, Warriors, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from them going forward. They're the defending champions. Right now they're sitting in six, as we mentioned, but uh, I don't know. What do you think we're going to see from the Warriors? Um, do you think they can make a, a run, a legitimate run at this title again? I think it's going to be hard. I think it's going to be hard because they don't have the continuity because they really haven't played together with their top starting five for a very, very long time. Right. Right. But if any team can kind of catch fire and just figure it out on the fly, it's it's going to be the Warriors. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it, I think it's, I think it's going to be a really hard uphill battle uh, to, to try to make it even to the like, you know, Western conference finals or anything like that, because you still got, Phoenix Suns, and pretty much, I think, right now, the highest scoring duo with uh, Durant and Booker. I think Durant's right. averaging like 26 points and Booker's averaging 32. And by the way, Booker's like loving the fact that, ah, oh, since KD is here, I don't get the best defenders all the time. Yeah. I just, I just, right. I just get to roll around and just do whatever I want to do. And then he has to deal with all that stuff. So that's great. Yeah. You know, so, for him. Yeah. Must, yeah. Be, must be nice for Book. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the Warriors were in fifth, and that would have meant they played the Suns right off the hop. Uh, as as it sits right now, Warriors play the Kings, and uh, if they do fall even one further back, they would play the Grizzlies. Um, do you think? Uh, I, I think the Suns matchup sort of favors the Suns, but 
Uh, what do you? What about the Grizzlies or Kings against Warriors? Who would you favor in in those two matchups? Warriors and Grizzlies would be fun because those teams don't like each other. They have beef. Yeah. Because the Grizzlies are the upstart punk team that uh, likes to pump themselves up over what Draymond Green says over nothing. So, you know, <laughs> we actually have rings. You have earned nothing. So there is <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. But I, I actually think the more favorable of the two would be the Kings. And the reason why I say that is that it just be a good old shootout because yeah. the Kings are, I think, still bottom of the league in defense and the Warriors aren't very great at that either. So they, yeah. they would, it would be, a, it would be a shootout. And I think that would be their best chance of going for it. Yeah. I, I, I agreed to, uh, I agree with you quite a bit, uh, especially I think the Kings um, just don't have the uh, playoff experience as well. I yeah. think, uh, you know, with the Warriors uh, winning four championships in eight years and having a lot of long battles, um, I think, uh, you know, I would favor the Warriors in that matchup. Um, that that Grizzlies one would be great, but that means that the Warriors would have to go into that play-in, uh, you know, scenario and have to win one or two games. Uh, I know they'd have to win one game, I guess, to be that seventh seed. So, yeah, um, yeah but the Grizzlies matchup, uh, it has be has really developed, I guess, into, uh, you know, something where you can call it a bit of a rivalry just because uh, Dylan Brooks and, and and Draymond Green have been fighting a lot and they, these teams do not like each other. There's been some animosity and uh, it, it seems to, when you talk about a series, when there is some hate, animosity, it seems to really amp it up and make a lot more people pay attention. No, no, obviously, because uh, because like their, their, their competitive juices are – are going haywire because they they hate each other and yeah. and obviously they want they want to beat the other team badly so that's why that 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 particular matchup could be very very good but i think for the warriors i think the better matchup is definitely kings kings yeah uh some matchups that really look like they're going to happen uh because we don't know who the bucks will play who the celtics will play at this moment but uh, it really looks like the Sixers play the Nets. Uh, looking forward to that one. Should be a lot of fun. And then the Cavs and the Knicks will play against each other in the East. Um, I, I keep hearing a lot of talk about how the Knicks almost had uh, the Cavs' uh, top guy, Mitchell. And uh, so that will be really tough for them if they didn't get him in a trade scenario and he knocks him out in that first round. It'll be tough to swallow, but... I look forward to both those matchups. I think they'll be really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and also, too, come on, man. If you're a Knicks fan, so so what, you think you really lost out? I think that Jalen Brunson guy is pretty good. You <laughs> yeah. know? I, I think he's done yeah. actually awesome for the Knicks, and especially with Josh Hart. Uh, it's Josh Hart coming over from the Trailblazers as well. Mm-hmm. I love that matchup. I hope that those two teams stay exactly in the positions they are in right now because – that's a playoff series I really want to watch because uh, those teams, that, that's that I think they're just there's a, that's just a great matchup between yeah. those two teams. Like yeah, I, I really want to watch that series. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and then turning to the West, um, we're not sure about Denver and Memphis being those top two seeds, but we're we're starting to get sure of the other matchups: uh, uh, Kings, Warriors, and then Phoenix, LA. What do you think about Phoenix, LA? Does LA have a chance against? Phoenix, now that Phoenix has been able to get KD in, into the fold? I hope Anthony Davis doesn't get injured. 
because <laughs> like you know like if that happens and this no, is uh this i mean in the clippers uh did if oh, i didn't say uh, oh, this oh sorry, the, sorry yeah okay with the clippers with the clippers yeah. Yeah. um i think it's good it has the possibility to be a really good series it's just as long as Kawhi and paul george are playing at their best when they're and i believe they're playing really well right now they keep that up that could be a very, very good series because you got Booker and Durant on one side and Kawhi and George on the other. That's that's that sounds solid to me, man. Um, I would still give the uh, advantage to the Suns because of KD. Yeah. Uh, falling down as we look down the bottom of the standings, uh, it looks like Dallas is in severe trouble to make the play in. Uh, they are only four and eleven this season when Luca and Kyrie both play. Uh, they had a big loss to the Hawks last night, one thirty-two, one thirty. Um, Luca seems mad all the time, disinterested, getting pissed off at his teammates, uh, really letting the frustrations get to him. And uh, I, I think this team is a train wreck. That uh, uh, I, they might make this plan, but it doesn't look like they will. I don't think they make the plan. Yeah. I, I like I just I don't I don't think they make the plan. I I don't think I don't think the team is connected right now. Uh kind of odd when Kyrie joins the team, how that kind of happens. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm not saying it's his fault. It just kind of happened that way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So um I, I don't see I don't see it happening, man. I, I think uh I think they made a mistake going for Kyrie because as good as Kyrie is. You already had Spencer Dimwitty. Like, how much of an improvement was Kyrie over Spencer Dimwitty? Mm. I don't think it was that much. True. Personally, I just don't think it was that much. Mm. And then, plus, on top of that, you gave away defensive stopper. And now you don't have that defense. You don't have rebounding. You don't have defense or rebounding. And on most nights, your top rebounder is Luca, who's trying to do everything. Like, mm. I, I think there, there was a stat that said, Mavericks win when Luka's like 37 or 38 points and they lose when he only scores 33 or 34. Like, oh. So yeah, everything is dependent all, upon all on his, all on his all, shoulders. All on his shoulders. Yeah. And then Kyrie's going to do his thing. He's going to score points, but, you know, he doesn't play defense like that because he, well, he's smaller. He's a smaller guard, smaller player, and so he gets taken advantage of. And he doesn't have the defensive chops like that. So I'm, like I'm saying, I, I don't blame Kyrie. I just don't think the move that the Mavericks made was good for improving their team. Yeah. It wasn't the right move. That's true. Yeah. Um, falling down to the bottom of the league. Uh, these are the teams that have the uh, chance to draft Victor Wambanyana out of France. Uh, Pistons, Rockets, and Spurs all have a 14% chance at the first pick. Uh, the Hornets uh, follow in fourth with a 12.5% chance, and the Trailblazers are in fifth. Uh, they ended up winning yesterday, uh, pissing all their fans off because now they're in fifth uh, with a 10.5% chance to get the uh, first overall pick. So, um, yeah, a lot of team tanks, but I do like that the NBA uh, doesn't weight it too much in the favor of who finishes last. Uh, it's only a couple of percentage points away when you're uh, top five for getting that first overall pick. And, uh, you know, Wembyana, you know, seven foot four seems to be 
Uh, definitely everybody's consensus number one. I think he's going to be a, a difference changer for any organization that gets him. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, who wins that draft lottery. Yeah, I again, this guy, the, the guy is like a unicorn. I, I just saw another Instagram post of him going like pounding it through the legs, double double, and like a like a. Then he does a step back, three misses, but then drives hard because he knew he missed. Grabs the rebound, dunks it. Yeah, like like and yeah, he jumps from the middle yeah. of the key. Like and so I'm like, okay, yeah. There's a reason why these teams are tanking. I think there's a reason why I don't know if the Trailblazers did it, but they were they were talking about shutting down Dame for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think that's smart. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Well, I it sucks for Dame because he's like, you know, I'm not hurt. Wait, what? (laughs) Like, like wouldn't that suck? Where you're just like, okay, I'm an ultimate competitor. I understand why we're doing this, but. You know, I'd like I I would prefer to play instead of going. Yeah, we're just gonna give you an early vacation. Go enjoy your family. <laughs> Have fun, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Some guys would be happy with that, but not I, him. Not, not him. Not a competitor like him. Yeah, they they can't make the playoffs. They've been eliminated. But um, yeah. four games left. Uh, yeah, you don't want to. You know, I guess you don't want to run the risk of getting him hurt. And uh, it makes sense on one side, but. For Dame, I think he's probably not happy to hear that kind of a that kind of talk. No, no, of course not. So, and then with that being said, too, I wonder how much longer he's going to put up with this. Yeah. How much longer is that guy going to say, ah, "I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still satisfied with being a trailblazer"? Like, because at first I thought that they made some great moves, and then it just didn't culminate into winning basketball. Clearly, so yeah. I, I Up don't. I, I wonder how much longer he's going to stay a trailblazer. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I thought this was this was a year to sort of make it or break it, but um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens in the off season. Uh, okay, before we leave the NBA, one final thing: uh, MVP. You got to vote. Who are you voting for this season's MVP in the NBA? Okay, so I think it's between. It's a three horse race. I think it's between. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, and uh, Nikola Jokic. And my only question is, I think I would give it to Joel Embiid, but I don't know how many games he's played. Mm. That 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 would be my only question mark. As I know, I know they've all actually missed like a significant amount of time. I think Nikola being the least out of the three. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with Joel Embiid, I go, I I, I would pick him. But my question would be, I don't know how many games he's playing. Okay. Don't know that. Okay. No. Uh I think my I think my pick's uh Giannis. I think he's on the the best team. Uh career numbers with points, you know, has just been, you know, super dominant. And uh Milwaukee's been top team most of the year. Uh Eastern Conference is a tougher conference. And uh, yeah, he's uh, you know putting up numbers that he never has, and uh, you know he's he's a guy that um, I think is the best player in the league right now. Kind of hard to argue with that because he's he's been at the upper echelon or at the top for the last three to four years, mm-hmm. and he just and he just keeps doing it, and he's extremely durable. You know, like he and their team is amazing. Like 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 look at that. Like they just keep getting better. They got Joel mm-hmm. Ingles. They got Jay Crowder on that team. Like, 
yeah, I hard to argue. I would say this. It's hard to argue with whoever you want to pick out of those three guys. That's really true. hard. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so who do you got tonight? Uh, national championship on the line. We got UConn against San Diego State. Um, who are you picking? I'm picking San Diego State. Nice. I, I'm, I'm picking the darling. I, I, I think. I think they really showed something from that last, from their final four where they played Florida Atlantic and they came back down from 14, battled, battled, and then the butler just said, got it, got it, boys. All good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it'll be pretty cool if it comes down to the ball in his hands again. That would be uh, awesome to see. I hope it's a really close, tight game. I can't wait for it. I'm super excited. Uh, culmination of uh, my favorite NCAA tournament is ever. Uh, most marches I'm working, so I don't get to see as much of the tournament as this one. And I maybe I'm a little biased because I saw so many games, but what a hell of a tournament. And uh, this will be a, a great way to finish it if it's a, an upset and a, a really close tight game. What I really want to see is a really close tight game. I do not want to see a blowout. I, I, I think I think the tournament deserves a lot better than that. So that's I, – I, I just hope it's a close game. Yeah. Tight, close, extremely competitive. That's what I want to see. Me too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, enjoy it. Uh, enjoy your afternoon. Uh, we're getting out of here nice and early, so you got uh, lots of time to get yourself ready. Uh, yeah, get a lot of snacks. Get a lot of uh, drinks and a lot of things ready. and. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, I'll uh, I'll text you when San Diego State raises the trophy, and uh, yeah, we'll get to celebrate a little bit like that. All right, I, I look forward to it, and uh, you enjoy the game as well, man. Thanks. Right. Okay, have a great week, man. We'll talk soon. Cheers. Talk soon. Cheers. Okay, bye for now. Okay, well, that was another great uh, podcast in the complete sports media world. Um, a lot of fun. Covered some. Great things. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Tons of combat sports to talk about. Uh, great to talk about some NCAA basketball as it's coming to an end. Some NBA uh, heading off. Uh, NHL is uh, on the cusp of the playoffs as well. Got to see a lot of that myself. An F1 from Australia, Melbourne. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. I, uh, I was in the uh, bar, restaurant, uh, watching the NCAA, watching the boxing, some of the other sporting events that were going on. And then all of a sudden, all these reservations were happening for all the tables around us and uh, started wondering, uh, oh, okay, I wonder who's coming in. And all of a sudden, I heard that a huge group was coming in to watch the F1. So that was cool. I'm glad F1 is becoming so big around here. That drives to survive on Netflix has really just rejuvenated North America to how great F1 can be. Uh, It was a phenomenal race on the weekend. Really weird how uh, they had a couple of uh, stops and uh, everybody got out of their car, one lap to go, and uh, they had to restart it a couple of times with a full, full, complete stop to the race and a few uh, crazy crashes near the end. But um, great to see a battle between uh, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen again. See Fernando Alonso up there to see those three former uh, championship driving uh, winners. Um, you know, that hasn't happened in many years to see three guys that have won F1 world championships to be all on the podium um, in Australia there. I uh, 
ch chatted briefly with my sister via text, and she said that they could hear the F1 cars uh, from their house, and uh, they, my um, brother-in-law and my nephew were watching the coverage and said uh, they enjoyed hearing the cars uh, uh, down the, the road from them, as well as um, on TV as they're watching the live coverage. Uh, really cool. Wish I could have been there. Uh, Got to put it uh, back on my bucket list to see. I've seen some F1 live, but to see it in Melbourne would be fantastic. Uh, massive crowds there, record-breaking crowds. And my sister did actually um, went to that drive to survive for it, re it really um, reinvigorating it uh, in uh, down under in Australia there. So uh, it's um, yeah, it's fun. If you haven't tuned into F1, do so. Watch some of that drive to survive. I think it'll turn you into a fan and uh, you'll have another sport and a passion to follow and, and enjoy on the weekends. Uh, it's a little tough sometimes in North America to follow it because it's uh, so early in the morning. Uh, that This one was a, a late Saturday night uh, being in Australia, but uh, that's why we've got PVRs. God invented PVRs to help you just wake up on uh, Sunday morning typically and you can uh, watch the uh, racing in its entirety and you, you don't have to tune in to anything else and you'll get to see some great racing but anyway um, thanks so much for tuning in and watching as always uh, really starting to get, get some great subscribers getting a lot of um, great feedback on our content I love that baseball one we did last week I'm getting a lot of people saying they loved it as well so can't wait to get some of those guys back on for some podcasts. And um, yeah, make sure you uh, tune in uh, to our website, our podcasts, a lot of great fun things to watch and, and listen to. Uh, I want to thank our partners and sponsors. want to start with anchor.fm, easiest place to make a podcast. Really phenomenal at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. So if you want to do what we do here, just go to anchor.fm and uh, follow them. They are the best. Uh, Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, an industry leader in technology, performance, and value. And the V350 stick is a must-have for any hockey player in your family or friends. Uh, Pampas and Possibilities, uh, really amazing at designing beautiful West Coast things for your home to spruce it up, make it look great, and impress your neighbors, impress your family and your friends. And also, uh, Forever Living, the Aloe Vera Company for health and beauty products. Uh, and, and very, very great products. I uh, recommend them a ton. And uh, you can purchase them for discounted rates on our website. So go to completesportsmedia.com and there they'll be. Uh, as I said, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate your support and uh, look forward to seeing you very soon. Take care of yourself. Thanks so much. Love you lots. Bye for now.